Welcome to Conversation Pace. I'm your host, Brian Rossetti. In this episode, I spoke with Ann Sentner. Ann showed up on our radar after running 113 at the Houston half. She's one of the highest VDOTs on the app for a female athlete. And she was gracious enough to do an interview about her training. Check it out on our news site at news.vdot02.com. After reading it, I knew this would be a great conversation. In this episode, we discussed living and training in Tallahassee, her big improvement over the past few years, rediscovering her joy for running after a bad experience in college, going after that OTQ, trying to focus more on the process. Hope you enjoy our conversation. And welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we appreciate you taking the time. Um, We've never met. So I I understand you're in Tallahassee now? Yes, I've been in Tallahassee for about three years, getting my PhD here at FSU. Oh, that's awesome. So I've actually spent a few winters in Tallahassee uh, training with Zap Fitness many years ago. Um, Nice. Yeah, so what is the, I mean, let's get our priorities, you know, right off the bat here. What's the name of the pizza place that has like the gigantic slice? Is that still there? Yeah, Momo's. <laughs> Momo's, that was the name. <laughs> I forgot, I couldn't think of the name of it. As soon as I saw that you were in Tallahassee, that's what I thought of. Because um, I remember just how outrageous the slices were, right? They're like yeah, and I think someone's head. When you order like the biggest pizza, they can barely get it through the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's wild. Um, I liked running in Tallahassee. What what would you say? Would you agree? Yeah, I definitely enjoy it. Um, like all the parks. Um, there's just a lot of parks. The one I like the most is Mikazuki Greenway. You can just kind of go out for about seven miles. It's like gravel, kind of packed dirt, like rolling hills. And then just running from my house, there's like nice neighborhoods. Um, there's other nice neighborhoods to run in. And then just like the weather, you can kind of run outside every day of the year, which I enjoy. Yeah. I feel like there was so many different options, like with yeah. trails and grass and there's the flat um, like bike uh-huh. path too. I think we were on um, yeah. many times as well. I don't know the names of any of these places because it was... <laughs> It was a good, well, it was 2004, 2005, I think. So, um, so it was quite a, quite a while ago. And then where they do the cross country races. Yeah. Um, the Appalachia. Um, I haven't been out there many times, but yeah, that's a nice location. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for Florida, I guess, well, where are you from originally? So I'm from Athens, Georgia. So University of Georgia. <laughs> It's University kind of, like of Georgia. The city. Great. Yeah, I grew up in. Awesome. Home of REM. I don't know. I'm a yeah. I'm a big fan. So um that's great. So and Georgia, were you excited or or could you care less about football? Was it a big deal? Yeah, I thought it was like a pretty big deal. I mean, I'm not like I guess I don't know. I haven't been watching it like lately, but especially I went to UGA for undergrad. So while I was there. You know, it's a very big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beating Alabama, I'm sure it was sweet. Yeah. Um, yes. So you're in Tallahassee to study nutrition, right? Yes. Awesome. So where are you at in that process? And has this been something that you've been shooting for for a while? Or how did this come about? So I'm in my third of four years. So I hope to graduate um, this December. And I actually did not plan on getting my PhD, but just wasn't really like happy with the job opportunities after I got my master's degree. So decided to get a PhD so that I could open some more doors. Oh, interesting. Okay. And where did you get your master's? Was it there too or no? It was at UG, through UGA. Yeah. Okay. So you were undergrad and then master's at UGA? Yes. Got it. Okay. Um, and how's training going now in, in Tallahassee? It's going really well. Like no complaints. <laughs> Just slowly kind of like building up the mileage since I moved here in 2019. 
and just adding some kind of like different longer workouts. So haven't had any like major injuries. So that's nice. That's great. So <clears throat> one of the reasons we reached out, just anyone listening, we, <laughs> I want to just be clear that you, you, I think you really came on, on our radar when we did some results and saw what you ran for a half. And then we reached out and noticed you, you ran 242 in Chicago, mm-hmm. which was a 60.6 feet odd. I'm, I made these notes. I don't know this off the top of my head. Um, and then <clears throat> I think you ran 114 and change for a half. Um, and then recently in Houston, you ran 113.45, which was another PR of the half, 64.1 V dot. So that was a huge race. Um, and then so we noticed like, whoa, so Anne's one of the top performers on the app right now. Uh-huh. And then we reached out and we did that interview with you, which was great. Kind of gave us a breakdown of um, your story a little bit in the sport. And, and that's why we reached out and wanted to, to learn more. Um, so it seems as of late, you're just improving um, pretty quickly. I mean, is there something that you can crystallize for us right in the beginning? Like what, what was the big difference or has this been more steady and we'll get into your backstory and, and how you got into running, but as of late, I mean, now you're running, this is pretty serious. So one thirteen forty five. I also noted the marathon equivalents two thirty four. Uh-huh. 21. And so this is pretty fast. So what was the the catalyst or what were some of the factors lately that have made such a big difference? Or is this a long time coming? I think it's like consistently definitely or consistency definitely plays a large role. Um, and I would say just like building up the mileage as well as intensity, especially more so the intensity as of late. Mileage is kind of like a more gradual thing. I would say that jump was more in like 2019. Um, but intensity, yeah, as of late is what I would say. So I wasn't doing much like repetition work. So kind of like added that back in re- before Houston. Um and then a little bit actually less threshold because I was kind of, I think, burnt out on like threshold, doing just a lot of threshold work and a lot of like long kind of moderate runs, like marathon pace type runs and just kind of felt like burnt out from that. So adding actually in some like more speed work kind of has been helping me like very recently, I think. That's great. I love that. So so the mileage, the volume you like that's been there that piece has been there that you talked about threshold so the endurance the strength is there it sounds like um but maybe so you're you're learning that there was a particular part of your fitness that was lacking Mm -hmm. did that come through a coach recognizing it or just trial and error that you were kind of realizing over time how did that happen I kind of like after my after um, Chicago, so that was my second marathon, I kind of realized that like I wasn't where like I wanted to be and it wasn't like really equivalent to like other shorter races I was running as far as like the time kind of being I just kind of expected to go a little bit faster, but um, I wasn't doing like any speed. So nothing faster than the threshold, like the 12 weeks before. And I just kind of I had like a weird feeling. I didn't know if I was getting burnt out by like a little bit higher mileage, but I think I was actually kind of feeling like slower because I wasn't doing like any, you know, like interval repetition, even like maybe like critical velocity type 10 K work. So, um, it was actually James McCurdy who I hired six weeks before Houston that kind of like pointed out, like you haven't been doing like any repetition work and he kind of pointed out that I was probably burnt out with like all the threshold and like moderate marathon type pace stuff. Interesting. And was that a surprise to you? I think you had read, or excuse me, that I had read that you mentioned 
reading Daniel's running formula, or at least having that understanding of purpose behind different workouts. So was it a surprise in the sense that as a marathoner, you needed to spend more time on that? Or is it just like, oh, this is why you have a coach to kind of objectively look at the big picture and look at what you're, what you're doing and, and make those kind of calls? Just curious. So, yeah, I think it was like I didn't necessarily know like the 12, like specifically the 12 weeks before whether speed was important. Like I recognize like in a year, like maybe like several months or at least a couple months need to be spent like on speed. And I would like do that usually before a marathon block, which that worked well or works well like in the summer because it's so hot, like kind of doing a little less mileage repetition work then. But then like cutting that out pretty much completely, like besides strides, um, like in the 12 weeks before the marathon. So after the marathon, when I like added back in just like some 200s at the end of threshold work workouts and added back in like interval workouts, I felt like a lot better pretty quickly. So then I was kind of like, hmm. <laughs> But still just like not understanding kind of how everything would like fit together, like how you would train differently for like a half versus a full, even if you should train differently. Okay, that's great. And then what about over the last few years in terms of nutrition? Um, we'll get a little bit into your backstory um, and experiences as you come up through high school and, and college. But now that you're studying it, has that been sort of like a secret weapon in terms of your knowledge and, and understanding on a different level or, or not as much as just kind of tweaking the training? As far as marathon training and training like in the summer, like the heat and humidity, mm -hmm. I would say definitely learning more about that specifically, but I wouldn't necessarily say like, I guess school like structured, you know, learning has helped because I don't really study like physiology and like sports nutrition. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been like independent learning, you know, just PubMed research papers um, where I've kind of looked more into that because obviously you don't want to hit the wall <laughs> or try to avoid to hit the wall. So I think um, more people are like fueling I guess, better or like fueling more during marathons. So I was really interested in like kind of the max amount of calories, minimum amount of calories and all that with marathon training. Yeah. And you mentioned you you took Martin, right? Is, is that yes. consistent or was that just in Chicago? Um, yes, I took that during my first marathon, which was, let's see, 2020. I think it was. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, I took Martian then and practiced like both times with that nutrition. So, yeah, I haven't really actually, I mean, I've tried other gels, but I haven't trained consistently with other products or gels. So what did you end up, <clears throat> first of all, do you, do you like the product? Do you believe in it? Have you had success? And what did you end up getting? Because I think Chicago was, was not ideal. I think it was windy too, which might have helped with the heat humidity a bit, but <laughs> that didn't help speed. Um, but in terms of, I think it was too warm, right? For, for very warm yeah. compared to Houston <laughs> yeah. when you did the half. But um, just curious about your take on Martin and what you ended up consuming and then your thoughts on whether it worked or how you would tweak it. So yeah, definitely for that race, since it was going to be so hot and humid and like your body tries to keep its core temperature kind of like maintained or low when you're running, um, especially when it's like so hot and humid. So I wanted to take in kind of like my max threshold and just see if that would help with the last 10K because I faded a little bit the last 10K of my previous marathon. So I think it was about like eight gels I took in um, and then stopped just because of the temperature. Again, I stopped at like pretty much every aid station and alternated water and then the Gatorade Endurance. Or I would grab like one cup of each at each aid station sometimes. 
So just like a lot of fluids, a lot of Martin. Yeah. So, and I think, I mean, it, I felt better during the last 10 K, but I would say I kind of learned that that wasn't my limiting factor. It was more like a fitness issue, whether it just required like more training, like in general, like more cycles or like more speed work during the marathon build. I still hadn't really like, I guess, elucidated yet, but I definitely like the product and think like that helped me like stay strong throughout the race for sure. Um, two forty two in Chicago. Were you? So you weren't pleased. It was a PR, but it sounds like you felt like it wasn't your full potential. I mean, the weather. Yeah. There's really no way around it. You took eight yeah. Martin, and you obviously were fueling well. And there's just plus you train in Tallahassee. Yeah. I, I always tell. I just want to emphasize this that it's just when it comes to heat. Like some people just often will say, well, it was warm, but I don't know how much that affected me. And I always kind of laugh like, well, <laughs> it did quite a bit. You know, you, you, yeah. it's not an excuse. It's just the way that we're built. And that's reality. Um, look at how well people ran in Houston and look yeah. at what the temperature was. Was it in the 30s when you when you started? Yeah, it was definitely like, right. I think it was 32 or 35, but then the wind chill made it like three to five degrees cooler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so eight, eight gels. That's a lot. That's a, way more than most recreational athletes take. Um, so it's good to hear. I hope it encourages people. Also, you were able to take eight in two hours and 42 minutes. And it sounds like your stomach held up pretty well. Yeah, I didn't actually have like any stomach issues. I practiced like that same strategy during my marathon pace sessions. Um, and yeah, I think just, I guess my body either burnt through it or just learned to tolerate it. I did feel pretty like, I guess, full by the end, which I was like, hmm, maybe that's like not necessary. Maybe that was like a little bit too much. But again, like my body didn't reject it. So, <laughs> yeah. Did you, what was your half split? Do you remember? I'm just curious what. I think it was two, I think it was around 120. 120. So pretty I even. So. I mean, it sounds like yeah, you I made think it. Was like very, yeah. Most people really positive split. And like, so I was, yeah, it's right in the top 30. So I think out of like top 30, maybe only a couple people negative split. Uh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I don't have the stats on it, but that's, that's great. I mean, it sounds like you managed it really well considering the conditions, maybe, you know, you were fit enough on, on an ideal day to, to be in the high two thirties, who knows? Um, so, okay. So then let's just talk a little bit about how you got into running. I, I kind of want to work. Um, into where you are now and what your current goals are um and and what's coming up but just curious how you got into running and you talked a little bit about you know why you continue to run which i think is great so um if you can share that that'd be great yeah um i started in eighth grade so i had a stronger swimming background and when we would do just, you know, like a couple miles running before like swim practice, I kind of noticed it just came really naturally to me and like other people kind of like struggling, complaining. And I thought it was like kind of fun. <laughs> and then um, in PE, I actually like set the like PE, I guess, record, mile record, and then decided to like go out for a cross country and then track and just like really enjoyed it. Nice. So was it, was that the competitive aspect that it, it was like, this is cool. I'm beating everyone or it was just, I mean, were you at in athletic in terms of participating in other sports or no? So the only sport I really liked besides like when I started to like running, uh, was swimming like other, I guess, sport, like, I guess, ball sports. I just felt like I was like standing around. I get like distracted a lot. My mom likes to tell this story. Like 
when she like put me on the soccer team i was just like sitting around or yeah sitting around picking flowers i guess i was just like bored or i don't know and like being left-handed left-footed it's just always awkward to be like yeah like roll the kickball to my left foot like um but yeah like swimming i just really enjoy kind of like being engaged the whole time and seeing improvements in time as well and like beating people so like one-on-one competition but also i enjoy like the team aspect as well and like relay races and stuff like that so just like a really good mix of different things that's great and how long were you swimming before you started running so i learned to swim like very early and we would my dad like really enjoyed swimming just like he would go several times a week so we just kind of grew up like swimming a lot and going to the pool um i got really competitive that must have been like seventh grade i joined like a swim club that's associated with the university of georgia so we would have like two and a half hour practices and like even two a day practices during like winter break and stuff um And then I did end up swimming all four years of high school, just like really dialed back, kind of quit that club and just kind of went to like the 90 minute practices the high school offered and then ran, you know, the other months of the year. Wow, that's great. I, I, more I talk to people, it just seems like swimming at a young age, that's non-impact, great way to develop like your cardiovascular system. You get strong head to toe. It just seems like there's a lot of runners who have that that background. Do you still swim at all? Has it played a part at all in your running today or or in the last several years? Yeah, I definitely go sometimes. It's just kind of hard to like get to the pool. It's just like a little bit inconvenient, I would say. Um, especially just for such like a short swim. Like I probably usually go for just like a 30 minute swim. Um, but I do enjoy swimming and like do it sometimes, especially like, you know, after a big race, when I'm taking some time off, like running, getting in the pool is like super nice. (laughs) So more recovery, not like cross training tool. Yeah. It's not as big, um, as of a cross training tool. Um, I do more biking now for cross training just cause it's like so much more convenient. Um, I usually just bike inside. Like I have a trainer set up with my road bike so I can just kind of like do that when I get home from work or if I'm working from home, just like hop on for like 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So talk a little bit about that's how you got started and you got hooked and then high school versus college experience. Like how did it transpire from, it sounds like you had some success in high school and then you, did you walk on at UGA or were, how successful were you at that point? I was actually on like books and I think it was like a thousand or so a semester. So like, I guess a partial scholarship. Okay. Um, and I did that for like a year and a half, but just kept getting like injured. Um, mileage like increased really quickly. And I think that was the major factor. I'm not sure like intensity wise. I don't really remember exactly like what we were doing as far as workouts. Um, but yeah, just like the main thing was getting like injured all the time. And was it, was it stress fractures? What kind of injuries? It's just repetitive stress injuries for the most part. I had like two stress reactions, um, in my foot and then it was like peroneal tendinitis and then it was hip bursitis. And so those were, that was like my first year and a half. And I actually, um, quit the team then and decided to come back my fifth year when we got a new coach and my fifth year after or at the end of the cross season I had like two hip fractures like a pubic fracture and it was like the ischium fracture so kind of like all the way through the hip was like a fracture Mm. type of thing wow um so yeah and it sounds like this this you kind of lost your love for the sport 
as you were going through this or was it constant frustration trying to fix it? And um, after college, was there kind of a gap or did you always continue to run at that point? I would like continue to run some, but yeah, I was definitely frustrated with like my college experience, obviously. Um, but I would still run like a little bit, you know, the couple of years in college, I didn't do it. Maybe I was running like a couple of times a week, maybe 15, 20 at the most. Um, then after college, uh, sort of the same thing. I did like some triathlon. I would kind of get into triathlons for a little bit. Then I'd be like, this is way too much training, like <laughs> three different sports. Like you have like, I don't know, just like hours a day. I'm like, this is way too much work. So then I kind of just like gravitate back to like running, but not running like that much. Um, and then just like slowly, slowly worked up to like where I am now. So did the college experience, did it eventually help you in the sense that you were able to, you know, look back and say, okay, clearly I wasn't getting, you know, taken care of in terms of injury prevention, proper training. I think you talked about nutrition, you know, being a big issue mm -hmm. when it comes to some of those injuries. So was there a moment or did it take a while, like where you were kind of assessing and trying to straighten out, you know, what happened? Um, do you feel like you really just were not getting taken care of too? Like, was it a bad um, situation in that regard where it was just the the culture, the environment was just really not conducive to, you know, pro just curious to hear your thoughts a little bit more on that experience and then what you learned kind of coming out of it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was not conducive to me, like on many levels. Um, as far as like the actual, I guess, not taking to into account like where an athlete was before coming into the program and like appropriately increasing their mileage intensity. And then I would say like the culture, there was a lot of things I didn't like about the culture. And I think the good athletes who, you know, like weren't getting injured, who were like very talented, they kind of just like seemed like they disregarded like the culture aspect, the negative parts. Like this is something we just kind of like have to deal with. Um, and I like hope that's changing now. But yeah, it was really hard. Like it wasn't like at all what I expected. So. Um, yeah, that's a stink. I mean, it's it's not from my understanding and um doesn't seem too uncommon i i don't know about lately in terms of the last you know several years but it sounds like fairly common obviously yeah you have those top athletes where it's going well for them so you know mm -hmm. why why should we worry um which is kind of a bummer but you can understand how that happens at least um so then what did you learn? Like, and did it take some time or did you stick with it coming out of college where now you're kind of not on the team anymore and you're able to control your own training and individualize it more? It sounds like there was like an education process, but also did you, how quickly did you connect some of the dots in terms of why I'm getting hurt and why this isn't working and why this isn't fun anymore? Yeah, I think definitely, like, I wouldn't have, like, chosen to, you know, increase my mileage, like, double my mileage, like, in a month. So just, like, training on my own and not even really having goals, just, like, I kind of just started running again because I enjoyed it. So just, like, a very, like, slow process of, like, never having to, like, show up and do X, Y, Z. Um just really helped. And then, yeah, also I, like, I learned a lot. I started just like learning on my own. Cause obviously like what I had, I guess not learned from other people. <laughs> I wanted to like learn how to safely increase mileage, like what kind of workouts it should be doing, like even just easy pace. Like, you know, you can't kill like every run. <laughs> so recovery days and like, 
you know, weight training, cross training, like all of that, and just incorporating like a lot of different elements into my training. Yeah, it's great that you didn't, that you weren't turned off at that point by the sport and that you kind of gave yourself that opportunity to kind of, like we, the article that we wrote where we interviewed you is Mm -hmm. rediscover the the joy of running. And Mm -hmm. I can relate to that too, because I kind of had tough time um, in college, very similar issues just in terms of, um, you know, maybe overtraining, not understanding what easy runs were supposed to, you know, be for mm-hmm. and how to manage them. And, you know, so there was inconsistency um, mm-hmm. as a result. And now as you kind of learn, um, you know, obviously Jack's book has had a mm-hmm. huge influence on me and kind of you you tend to appreciate the training and and how once once you're doing it right it feels right and it, and you feel so much better about you know training and running and the sport in general um so it sounds like you went through that process and now are just seem to be in a great groove like did you are you kind of surprised at how much and how fast and how far you've gone lately or did is this like confirming what you thought was there all along yeah i definitely uh think like i never expected to be running like this much mileage or like these long of workouts um because it just like did seem so gradual in a way but then i'm like well in 2019 i like could even put 260 mile weeks like back to back like so it's pretty crazy now, like this training cycle, I've gotten up to a hundred miles just for like one week, but for the first time. So it is like crazy, like reflecting on that and uh, seeing that when you just kind of take a slower approach and like really, I guess, appreciate like day by day and kind of like do the little things like now we have like all these training tools or like uh, recovery tools, I mean, that are so like nice. <laughs> <laughs> didn't really like use I mean I guess we had foam rollers but I don't know just more appreciating like recovery tools like really being yeah on top of nutrition like right after the run and all that it's like so really- talk a little bit more about the recovery tools like what is sustaining you through this high volume now what are what are the things that you would rattle off quickly like so know, yeah definitely this, this, yeah Yeah, like the foam roller would be like my top choice. And then just like a hard, any type of like hard ball for like the foot. Um, And then I do use like the, is it the Air Max like recovery boots? I use those as well. I don't know how much those like per se help. They just feel really good. (laughs) Kind of like get the like blood flow. um, Sure, sure. How often do you use those? Usually five days a week. Oh, nice. And what yeah, about I mean, it's sleep? just like an easy passive type recovery. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. And then let's see what else. What about sleep? Anything special? Oh, any uh, sleep is like strangely hard for me to like sleep. I mean, I get like seven and a half hours. It's just hard for me to like, even if I have the opportunity to take a nap, it's like hard for me to like fall asleep and like, I try to sleep more and just like doesn't happen. So I do focus on like taking time, I guess, for myself to like unwind. Cause just like any type, you know, being stressed on the go, like all day, I definitely notice just feeling more tired, even if it's not more sleep, just taking more kind of like restful, like minutes or an hour out of the day. Okay. That's good. I, I was going to say, so you have no tips for me on, on this cause <laughs> I need, I need help. Um, is it just like you can't between school and and other stuff? It's just the un- inability to turn off off the brain when it's time to go to sleep. Like you're tired, right? But when yeah. it comes time to <laughs> to make it happen, it doesn't happen. Um, anything that you've tried that's helped in terms of meditation or apps or obviously everyone knows they're supposed to, you know. <laughs> not be on Twitter right before they yeah. get to sleep. But uh, 
hide the phone for an hour before you go and read. I mean, I, those things I'm sure help and I need to do those things, but, um, I'm seven and a half hours. There's no way I would survive running a hundred miles a week on seven and a half hours. Like I would need naps. Um, so that's impressive. Yeah. I just, my main problem, I can go to bed like pretty well and even fall asleep pretty well. I try to just like wind down. Like I don't like bright lights or bright noises. Like it's just some, like there's like a set, I guess like time, maybe it's around like eight 30 where like for some reason, like all the stimuli just seems like way too overwhelming. So I like kind of like dim the lights. I even have like the, what are the glasses called where it filters out like the blue light. Oh yeah. I put those on. <laughs> I'm usually not on my phone like that much after kind of I eat dinner and like wind down. Um, and then just kind of like having my bedtime routine. So yeah, going to bed's not as much the issue. It's just like, if I even have the opportunity to sleep in, I'll just be like wide awake at like 530. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, I don't have that problem. I, I, <laughs> I can't get out of bed. Um, not cause I, it takes a while to go to sleep, I think. So then yeah. I feel like I'm finally getting good sleep when it's time to get up. So, um, interesting. So then you're running a hundred miles a week now. Um, you talked a little bit about recovery stuff that's sustaining you. What's keeping you motivated to move forward? What's exciting right now about running and training for you? Like talk about goals, things that you're really motivated to, to pursue at this point. So I really want to get the like Olympic, like the OTQ. So um, I'm actually doing a marathon fairly soon. The oh, Napa nice. Valley. Yeah, the Napa Valley Marathon. Okay. And so that's, that's when? March, March 6th. Okay. So I know Napa. I've actually had a client run Napa in the past. Um, the course doesn't seem to be too challenging, right? Yeah, it's like a net downhill. So it is like rolling, especially the first half, it looks like. Um, yeah. pretty Or rolling the whole way, but even more so the first half. But then it is like a net downhill, but obviously still like legal. Um, and like the weather should be like pretty like decent. Like hopefully as long as it's like under, preferably like under 55. Um, we're not expecting like, you know, 30 or anything, but maybe like 50. Um, and then, yeah, it's a smaller race, but I've heard good things as well. My friend had like a friend who did it. He lives over in San Francisco. So, and he said it's like a fast course. So that was good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I think it's relatively like, it's, I like it. I think that it's a good place. What about in terms of runners? Should, will you expect to be mostly solo in this and or do you know based on past results i don't off the top of my head i'm just assuming that you're not gonna have a lot of people around you right yeah so it'd be more males i forget if it was closer to five or ten but within that like ballpark of males should be like around like 230 to 235 or like and then even more you know 235 to 230 or 235 to 240 so um like probably at least 15 under 240 maybe it's hard to say like you know i guess the last time they probably had it was maybe before the pandemic just like all the shifting and racing going on and now you know the new like standards opening it's like really hard to say but definitely yeah. have like males around me the female course record is like 239 so Ooh, okay i was gonna ask are you <laughs> Are you running just is the goal, let's just get that qualifier or are you like going out to run your full potential and, you know, get the qualifier and, and uh, um, you know, just secure it? Like, what's the strategy going in at this point? Because it's still early, obviously. Yeah. Well, like J James thinks I'm in like really good shape. Which, like, I'm just kind of, like, skeptical of, like, how much faster, like, I can go. So, I think my main goal is just to get, like, the OTQ. But, um, 
we'll just kind of like see how the race plays out. You know, it's like so hard to know in such a long race because yeah. just like several seconds ends up adding up. So no, we'll kind of, of course. like, yeah, decide and then to kind of decide on like the halfway point And then after that, maybe negative split. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, geez, the one thirteen forty five. 45, that's two thirty four. Yeah. 21 I, I mean i have to state that that's not a prediction that's just the physiological equivalent um mm -hmm. at the marathon distance you gotta you gotta run 26.2 though so yeah. it, it can be harder obviously you're putting in the the training to score in a, a very similar v dot to your half pr so but that's got to give you a lot of confidence i mean you've got a nice cushion there but but clearly you've never been there before right you 242 yeah. i would argue you're probably already there based on those conditions in chicago um but yeah you, the marathon that's the challenge right you just there's so many factors yeah that, that have to come together in terms of weather and pacing and fueling and how you feel that day so um that's exciting so then training like you said you're running a lot of miles you're doing a little bit more rep work. It sounds like you're faster. Um, anything different that that's been kind of nice in terms of having a coach and maybe that's different in terms of your approach, um, workouts that are like, holy crap, I've never seen anything like this before. Or is it just, you know, that accountability and it's just nice having the the coach really get this plan together for you? So yeah, I definitely say, so we basically trained through Houston. We didn't necessarily plan to, but I, like, it just, I felt, I guess, pretty good after the race. So we did a pretty like big session seven days after. And so my paces have been about 15 seconds per mile quicker for like the marathon pace sessions. Wow. But again, it's like. 40 you're comparing like 40 degrees to like 70 degrees right right so it's really hard because training for chicago was awful like i'm not doing an october marathon again living in florida yeah because <laughs> every every session was at least 70 degrees at the beginning and like 80 90 higher percent humidity so like yeah <laughs> oh it's terrible i oh yeah so do, you, do you guys adjust um, I'm sure it's nice now in Tallahassee. I mean, I was surprised. I remember we were like, yes, we're going to Florida for the winter. <laughs> and then we got down there in Tallahassee and it was like 38 degrees. I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, Tallahassee. I mean, it's different for Florida. It's pretty Northern. It's, um, also hilly right there. You yeah. can get to a lot of Hills from Florida. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, but do you, do you adjust on that or do you tend to try and hit those paces and, and basically suffer? And cause I know it's tough with confidence, right? Like you just can't get out of your head. Sometimes the humidity, when you feel that, when it feels that hard, mm -hmm. it, no matter how many times you tell yourself like, ah, but it's the humidity, it's the humidity. You're like, no, I'm out of shape. I'm out of shape. <laughs> I'm not that fit. You know? So it's, that's a struggle. I mean, I'm normally in New York uh -huh. or Philly, so it's so <laughs> humid here too. Not as hard as Florida, I would imagine, but um, just curious how you adjust and, or you just never run a fall marathon again. Yeah. Well, like, I think it's been hard for me to adjust because I was like improving. So it's like, I could run the same paces, even though the weather was worse, but like, I guess like obviously I was in better shape, but it's still kind of like hard feeling like you're hitting like only the same pace as you were like hitting before. So definitely like mentally it's like a bit, I guess, confusing and even like demotivating. Um, but I would say like if I like I definitely would adjust if I'm feeling like, you know, I hit a really good time this marathon than I do for whatever reason train in like heat and humidity again. I think I would be more like, I guess, lenient or like less hard on myself with the paces. 
And then even this weekend, it was like very windy, like just some wind gusts. And it was hard for me to like adjust. Not even this one wasn't as much like mentally, but just like I kind of got so used to like looking at the pace of my watch and like seeing a certain thing. But the effort was like a little bit higher than it should have been. So just kind of like cutting that and not kind of like progressing that session down at the end was what I like decided to do. But um, it's definitely like hard to adjust um, mentally and physically, I'd say. But that's like what Chicago, I think, taught me as well, because um, I just knew I couldn't, you know, hold the pace I wanted to hold. So just started out like more conservatively. And I think that worked well um, for that race result. Yeah, I think that's I mean, for me personally and just athletes I've seen it. Like the beauty of the paces is that you can quickly, you know, get the most out of your training. You, you've got personalized paces. Mm-hmm. The downside is, you know, weather, maybe you're not feeling as well as like mm-hmm. really in your head being able to adjust and not get discouraged. So I think that's mm-hmm. like training yourself to say, hey, you know, I'm supposed to hit six minutes or five whatever for threshold um but it's also 80 degrees out mm-hmm. and i i can feel the efforts here even though i'm five six seven seconds off when i'm supposed to be and i think that's the hardest part like and because i think so many people lose confidence when they don't hit their paces and mm-hmm. and they might actually be overtraining. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not over, and then they're upset they didn't hit them, and then it's just so. That's a yeah, challenge. Yeah, it can be like a downward spiral for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, m- most immediate goal is Olympic trials qualifier. So you've got that in the bag. Um, we wish you best of luck for that, and then we'll be cheering you on in Napa. What about long term? Is it just let's continue to see? how fast I can go. Um, do you have some concrete goals that, that you're shooting for beyond that? Um, or is it really right now it's just marathon, let's get the qualifier, make the trials and then go from there. Yeah, definitely been like laser focused on, uh, getting the standard, but I would say I have some like time goals. I think I don't really know, like, especially with James now, just how his training so like adaptive, like if something isn't working, we'll figure it out so much earlier, I feel like. And even just kind of like if I feel stagnant in any way, we'll kind of like do something else. So I think it's really like, I guess, open my eyes to like, wow, I can probably keep improving for like a long time. That's great. Um, Yeah. <laughs> Because you're feeling like, you know, you hit that kind of like spot, I would say, like after grandma's, I kind of just felt like I wasn't improving for like six months. Um, But yeah, now I just feel like completely different. So kind of the goals I had, maybe even like two, maybe easy to hit. So I think this next marathon will really tell me like a lot as long as, you know, the weather's good. I'm like feeling good. Kind of like what I hit there will really tell me like what my next marathon goal should be. And then just other distances are a little more straightforward for me. Once I started doing like, you know, 70, 80 miles a week, my half like came down a lot. But I would like to knock like a couple minutes off that or at least, yeah, like under 112 is it I would say for that. Um, And then if I ever like get the chance to do like a 5,000 meter on the track, I think trying to go for sub 16 would be really cool. (laughs) So just some like random goals. I don't really know if I'll pursue, you know, like a track race or anything like that. So I would say the half is kind of like what I'll go back to after the marathon. Probably. You could definitely do sub 16. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Um, No, hundred percent. I mean, the one thirteen forty five is 1605 5k equivalent. So yeah. Dropping down, I, I bet you can do it, especially, you know, if you guys tweaked your training a bit, took yeah. some time to focus on it for sure. Yeah. Um, anything as a competitive athlete, just to close on, um, anything in your head, like we're always, 
well, I'm not including myself anymore, but the, as a competitive athlete, like just this, the mentality of you're always thinking about what I could, what I need to do to get a little bit more out or have to do the, or is there anything in your mind? Like I have to be better at this. I've got to do this. If I can get to this point, that's going to help me improve. Are there any things that you can share that you think that you can do better that, that you know that you got to do to, to keep moving the needle forward. Hmm. Let's see. I put you on the spot. I know people, a lot of people think I'm like a perfectionist, which I find like interesting. I guess a perfectionist never would think they're a perfectionist, but I actually try to be like less hard on myself and more like enjoying the moment and like the process and like not letting like little setbacks like deter me. I would say. And I think just keeping up my like, consistency and like my overall health will just really help me and um, doing like a variety of different paces, including more speed and then like resting when I need rest. So I can't really like pinpoint anything specifically, but I would say just overall, like not worrying what other people are doing or even what other people like say you should be doing. And just focusing like on how you feel with the training, you know, there are going to be weeks that are like very hard, like peak week marathon training. But then, you know, after maybe you don't even like hit your goal in the goal race, but still like your body needs time to like rest after like such a hard um, like effort. I see a lot of people like maybe they don't hit their goal and it's like they keep pushing, 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 pushing and never like taking time to like rest like mentally and physically. So I would say like rest is something that's overlooked and like reflection. Yeah. No, that's great. Hey, okay. listen, I, this is my favorite response. <laughs> um, you saved the best for last in my judgment. I think that process, like you said, enjoying the process. We, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Even in this interview, like this is how fast you ran. How are you going to get faster? And what's your yeah. goal time? But like, Everyone I interview, for the most part, I think not everyone, but many who I do will talk about a shift or a change that happened for them when they were able to kind of get out of that and not always, you know, look or judge how they're doing based on time and other people around them and just mm -hmm. developing sort of a routine that helps them just focus and enjoy the process. And then from that, you know, good things will come. Um, so, but it's easier said than, than done. Yeah. Um, especially in this sport, it's very time and standards and that's yeah. how people are judged, you know, when you're running at this level. So, um, anyway, I love the answer. I'm glad I put you on the spot and, uh, <laughs> that's it for us. And I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks again and best of luck. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah.